first episode of the Unfiltered Farm Wives podcast. I am Nick McCormick's wife, Kelly McCormick, your host number one, and joined by Mrs. Grown Corn, also known as Carolyn Reed, Tony's wife, or Grown Corn 2020's wife, whatever you want to say. There's a lot of names floating out there. <laughs> so you guys can just call me Carolyn. <laughs> Or Mrs. Grown Corn. <laughs> I have to admit, we're going to admit this first up. This is our round two of the first recordings. We recorded a podcast probably two months ago, and I thought that we were boring. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that we were boring per se. I think We, we were just... thought we were interesting. <laughs> I don't know that anybody else would have thought that we were interesting. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> We got to the end and we were like, well, we discussed our garden for an hour. I'm not sure anyone wants to listen. To exactly. <laughs> I mean, I was very interested in what was going on. In I was garden, too. But... I was too. And this is what we talk about, you know, stuff like that. Every single day. Yeah. Every our, single day on, on our, our Facebook group. messenger. Like all we talk about. Yes. Our garden. Yes. Kids. Gardens, kids, spouse, what's going on. Good Work. recipes. Gossip in the news. Yes. Latest trends on TikTok. Yes. Funny videos we see. Yes. So, I yeah. told Carolyn, I'm like, I'm, we, I may not be able to talk to you if we're actually going to do this because I feel like we cover all of the topics during the week. And so then when we actually sit down to do this, maybe we're a bit boring. Maybe we should just like record our conversations that we have on Facebook Messenger and slap it onto a podcast. <laughs> <That> probably, <laughs> honestly, we'll just, yes, <laughs> far more interesting, but also probably what we don't want anyone to hear. There's a few topics that we discuss that maybe we shouldn't be sharing with the world. Maybe, okay, maybe but not. we're supposed to be unfiltered. So yes. tonight I have drank three beers in preparation for being unfiltered tonight. I'm on my third one. So see, so. we're there. We're, we're there. there. Well, yep. So we're, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. Okay. So I think our plan is we had our husbands come up with a couple topics that they want us to discuss and we're just going to pick a topic and go with it. Yeah, exactly. Kind of like draw it out of the hat. Surprise. We're talking about this tonight. So uh, Nick gave me three topics. I have not looked at them. I asked him if they were serious or funny and he said, I couldn't put any of the ones I really wanted to ask because they were about topics you really shouldn't discuss on the <laughs> podcast. So, yeah, so we'll, okay, I'll just read the first one. Okay, it's kind of a serious one. Dang it, <laughs> But I think, I we, I think we can make it funny. I think we can make it funny. He, is, he says, talk about the expectations of being a farm wife versus the actual reality of being a farm wife. Oh, wow, that's a deep topic. I know, yeah. He's not deep with me ever on a daily basis talking, but good Lord, if we're going to podcast, he's going to come out with the deep topics. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, so I'm going to need a second to wrap my brain around this. So the expectation. Okay, so I'll start with whenever you think about a farm wife, what do you think of? Well, I think, <clears throat> I think you know, like I was raised on the farm and my mom stayed home with us for the majority of my childhood. And so you have that whole gardening, canning, you know, we were at home. We rarely had friends out to play. There were five of us girls. And so we were each other's, you know, playmates of sorts. You, we were allowed to pick one sport to play because they weren't going in town every single day for practices, games, etc. We all worked, you know, in the field, running tractors, walking beans, you know, etc. And so it was a really, really traditional farm childhood in the 80s it is very different than nick and i's farm you know husband farm wife relationship today by any means so i i mean i grew up in the country but i didn't grow up my my family didn't farm or anything like that so when i was younger actually my dream was to be a farm mm -hmm. wife and in my mind it was this wife that stayed home and took care of her kids and then she would run out and help her husband in the field and you know the gardening the canning the very traditional farm wife family life or whatever and i would say the same that it's very different than what my life is now in not in a bad way by any means but it's just so I work from home so I don't get the opportunity to help Tony in the field and run tractors and stuff like that when I get the opportunity to I'll run him out lunch you know suppers whatever but I don't get that chance that often yeah yeah I'm not gonna lie I avoided <laughs> marrying a farmer like the plague <laughs> 
And look at where you are. <laughs> I know. I know. God's like, ha ha, watch this. So when I worked at John Deere, I was on territory in central Illinois, and I had a couple of dealers who were always like, hey, we've got this young farmer, would love for you to meet him, blah, blah, blah. And my big joke always was, does he have 4,000 acres paid for? I'm like, that's my standard. I'm like, I'll meet him if he's got 4,000 acres paid for. And then I actually had a dealer say, actually, he does. <laughs> <laughs> And then you were like, dang it, what's my other stipulation? And then the dealer continued. He goes, how do you feel about four kids? His wife recently passed away from cancer. And I was like, I'm 24. I don't know that I'm, you know, mature enough to take something like that on, even with 4,000 acres paid for. (laughs) But yeah, I kind of avoided it. But it just... You know, I grew up in the 80s and farming was rough in the 80s and dad, you know, my parents didn't make any secret of, of, you know, the finances at the kitchen table at night. That was a conversation. I was a fourth grader with a stomach ache. And so I was like, I do not want that at all. And yet here I am. (laughs) (laughs) So going, going back to Nick's question or whatever. So I guess we've both kind of given a definition of what we thought a traditional farm wife Mm -hmm. was and does. So how is that different in our lives? So like you, I work from home. And so it, I, I think we have a really good happy medium of what the reality of it is for us. I, I'm available to run the kids where they need to go for the most part. I mean, yeah, I do have meetings or whatever that come has come up that I'm like, no, I can't do this or that or whatever. But for the most part, I'm pretty, I have, you know, a lot of control over my schedule. But it is definitely not that, like, me taking to supper in the field. Well, first of all, I'm not needed in the field. You know, between Nick, his brother, his nephew, his dad, they have no need of anybody else to run equipment. I think I've had to run a tractor twice in our 17 years of marriage. And then his his dad was just floored that I could. <laughs> he was like, I think I ran the grain cart one time and... and was like disking or something the second and and he was just completely floored that I could just jump in and do that that's what whenever Um, Tony and I first started dating I had never run any kind of machinery like that in my entire life and he was like I want to show you how to drive the combine and I think he let me drive it for 20 minutes maybe and then he was like you're done (laughs) and that's the last time I've ever been called on to run any kind of equipment in the field. <laughs> it was like my older sister, Karen, dad had her cultivate once. And he was like, we can't, after that, he was like, we can't afford to have Karen in the tractor. <laughs> she, she destroys too much. <laughs> I didn't destroy anything, but it was just one of those, like, I could tell I was making Tony nervous. He was like, and I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm The biggest thing I've ever run is a lawnmower. Yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> so... Yeah. No, I'm, I, and I'm the same way. Tony, he has plenty of people to yeah. help him in the field, especially now with Henry being old enough to help him in the field. Um, there's just no need for me to be out there doing mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And it's the same as far as like, Tony's the type, whenever he gets in the field, he's going for it. Yeah. He does not want to stop and have a no. lunch by the side of the field. You know, I pack him a lunch and that's fine with him. And then he usually, he would have rather work through supper and then just come home and have a late supper. That's so Nick. my role in that is I just make sure I have a hot supper ready for him when he gets home. Yep. Me too. I always joke around that I have the most important job on the farm and that is delivering second lunch because <laughs> when Nick gets to the shop at like whatever time in the morning, his mom has three coolers that she's made for his dad, his brother and him, which is done and eaten by nine or 10 AM. And so then he calls and says, Hey, could you run to Arby's and get food for Heath and dad? And so then I go and deliver that at like 12 or one o'clock. So I, I'm, I have the most important job, which is delivering second lunch. Yes, absolutely. So I am notorious for overpacking for everything. Like I think everybody is starving. And everybody needs 10,000 pounds more food. Like, if you want to come to supper tonight, I'll have 200 pounds of spaghetti ready for you. That's fine. <laughs> like, I, I need all of you. So, I always pack a ton in Tony's lunch and Henry's lunch. But they eat every last bite of it. Yeah. Like, you get bored in the bite. tractor. Yeah. Bored. You just snack constantly. You do. You do. What was it? When Max was little and would ride with Nick, he would, Nick would hide part of his lunch because he's like, Max will have like, have it all gone within an hour. You like, as soon as the door shuts, he's like, so what you got in the cooler? You know, <laughs> what are we eating today? What are we eating today? What are we eating? 
My favorite, favorite memory is Henry was probably eight or nine years old. And Tony sent me a picture and it was 830 in the morning and Henry was already diving into his ham sandwich for the day. He's like, ham sandwich at 830? Why not? And I'm like, but that's why I packed two ham sandwiches and 10 bags of chips and cookies and all this other stuff because you know that's going to happen. Well, Nick, or Max went out to the field with Nick one day, and my favorite memory from all that, and we still joke around about this, is mid-morning, or like an hour later, Nick messages me and is like, Max has eaten his entire cooler of food. He goes, this kid would never have lasted with World War II rations. <laughs> <laughs> we actually just had this conversation today because Henry was gone at the shop with Tony all day, and as soon as he got home, he's like, I'm starving. And I was like, didn't you eat lunch? And he's like, yeah, but I need a snack. And I was like, we're eating supper in an hour. No, he ate a hot dog for a snack, ate his full supper. They had ice cream for a special treat. And then he ate another hot dog. And I was like, when you guys are at school, what do you do? And he's like, we don't eat, but we are starving. <laughs> I was like, but the, you survived. The unlimited chocolate milk fridge out there in the yeah. hallway where they just go and get chocolate milk all day long. So but yeah, if the food's there, if it's sitting in a lunchbox yeah. they're gonna eat it well, I, they're gonna get eat that. All I mean like I can't fault them for it I mean I like I'm the same way this is true this is true I can remember growing up and you know like we would I'd be out in the field you know chiseling or whatever and we'd start early in the morning and and let's say like 11 o'clock or so I would you know call dad on the radio and I'd be like hey could you come down and get me for lunch and he's like I'll just bring you lunch and at this point I'm like 16 or 17 and I'm like, no, 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 just come down and get me. I'll just run up and make a sandwich. And he's like, no, I'll bring you lunch. Like, he did not want me leaving that tractor for anything. <laughs> and I'm like, RFM radios had all these different families in the neighborhood on it. And I'm like, how in the world do I tell this man that I'm a 16-year-old female and I need to go up to the house? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm like, I don't want to be inappropriate on the radio, but dude, come on. <laughs> I, I need to get out of the tractor for five minutes, Dad. Five minutes. I promise I'll come straight out again. <laughs> Quit holding me hostage out here. That's funny. And, you know, you don't even really think about that, you know? Well, I know he didn't, you know? And I'm, we, you know, you just didn't talk about that kind of stuff. But I'm yeah. like, I need to go to the house, to the bathroom. <laughs> That's really, really funny. We're like bickering about it. I'm sure like every other family probably got what I was saying. Oh, yeah. And they were like side messaging yeah. him. Hey, let her go, go. to the bathroom. Yeah. Just just let her go. It's fine. Let her go up to the house and get her own lunch. It's okay. Yes. Yes. Ask questions later. Yes. 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 That's funny. I think, though, that like when you think about what the traditional mindset of a farm wife is versus what it is now I think it just is kind of a matter of the times too that has changed this because like back then whenever your family was doing it it was important to have all the kids out there whatever whereas now given the equipment and the technology that we have it's not so important to have 10 people out there you just need two or three able you know what I mean yeah absolutely well I you know I spent a couple of years recruiting and you know, ag kids were in such a demand, you know, not only within the ag industry, but of course, you know, in industries outside of too, for the work ethic and all of that stuff. And you used to farm 800 acres and you had eight kids and now you farm 3000 acres and you have one, maybe two kids and, and mm -hmm. they may not even come back to the family farm. And so, you know, there, there's just less, there's less need, but there's also less kids that are coming through the whole industry, oh, yeah. you know, as well. So. Yeah, that's definitely something that you know, you see where obviously families are getting smaller. Yeah. You know, you don't have the six, seven, eight kids. You have two, three, maybe four. And, but, but once again, I think, I think part of it is our world the way it is now. But I also think part of it is you don't have that many kids because you don't need that much help. You don't, you, <laughs> you don't. know, like you used to. No. And, and kids are expensive. Let's be honest. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes, they are. Well, we were just talking about that earlier today how summer I don't know like maybe it's farming maybe it's everywhere but we you and I both feel like the summers are so expensive that we're just hemorrhaging oh money right now like insurance here school like there's just all these things that are going on quarterly Everything. taxes etc and you're just like man right <laughs> right my now biggest thing right is, and left right now yeah my biggest thing is like you're trying to you got to keep up with the daily things like mm -hmm. you're 
taxes, property taxes, schooling, whatever. But then you're also trying to do all the fun summer things. You know, yes. Oh, county fair is coming. We need to go to that. So there's another $150 yeah. for whatever. Yeah. Or, oh, I'm going to take the kids to the pool. You know, we're going to swim. Well, by the time you pay to get in and snacks for that. Yeah. Well, if you want a family vacation, you know, and it's just, it's all these things coming at you all at once. And on the one hand, yes, summer is great and wonderful, and I love every bit of it. But at the same time, by the time summer gets over, I'm like, oh, thank God. Yes, yes. <laughs> I can finally stop writing checks yes. and spending money for everything. Yes. Even, like, ball games, you yes. know? It, and, like, our ball games around here, you don't have to pay to get in. Right. But every time we go, somebody wants a drink, somebody wants popcorn, somebody wants a piece of candy. And you can spend easily 10 20 bucks one evening and nothing. Yeah, and if you have three games a week. Right. I mean, all of a sudden, you've spent right. 30 to 60 bucks. And if you're, like, I'm, none of my kids are in softball or baseball, but if your kid is in it, you have all of their equipment that they mm-hmm. have to wear, and yeah. they have a lot more in that, too. So, yeah. Summers kill me. <laughs> it's, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> I love summer, but I'm, I'm ready for school. Yeah. Yeah. And I long for the schedule too. I like at the end of the school year, I'm so glad for it to get out. I'm ready for there not to be a schedule, but about six weeks in, which is about the point we're getting to right now. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I'm a little bit, I'm starting to get ready for the schedule again. And you know, all of that. So yeah, mine is so <clears throat> because of what I do, I stay home and do daycare. So we still have a schedule, but it's still very wishy-washy because everybody's going on vacation or so this person's camping this weekend or there's a party here this weekend so their kids and so I too like we have a schedule but we don't yeah and so I'm the same way I'm like I'm just ready to know that these are the kids that are coming to my house these are the kids that are going to be in school I'm going to have them till this time and even my own kids you know we go to bed at this time because now summer of course I let the kids stay up later or whatever and our bedtime's all over the map. Oh my gosh. One night it's nine. Next night it's midnight. The other night Henry had friends over. It was 6.30 in the morning. I, I was like, geez, Louise. But I think you kind of have to do that too. I mean, like mm-hmm. that's the things that it's not, I mean, granted, they do remember the big plan things, et cetera. A couple of years ago, we met my sisters in Chicago and we went to the Field Museum, the Shedd Aquarium, you know, did all that kind of stuff. And my kids still remember that. But they also still remember gosh, it was probably five or six fourth of July's ago where it poured down rain at our house, our old house with the above ground mm-hmm. pool. I don't know if you remember it. And we let the kids swim in the pool in the rain. They still talk about that. They're like, mm-hmm. remember that time oh, yeah. where we all swam in the rain? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, and that's yeah. What, like I always tell Tony, I was like, Henry's going to remember this. Remember the time everybody yeah. came and we stayed away till 630 in the morning. You know, yes. that's going to, that's a core memory. Exactly. <laughs> you know? That's going to be something he's going to think about yeah. all the time. It's the same as like, you guys always have your 4th of July party and our kids are always like, what day are we going to Nick and Kelly's? Like yeah. that's a memory for them. Like they know we go to Nick and Kelly's on the 4th of July. Yep. That's what we do. Yeah. So, and I love doing that for them. I really do. Oh, I do too. When I was growing up, one of our core memories was there were three families that like my dad and my grandfather's age, it was my grandfather and a couple of his best friends, their families, and they all had kids that had June birthdays. So they started getting together in June and celebrating their kids' June birthdays together. And it became June birthdays. 20, 25 years later, we're still getting together for June birthdays. Oh, that's awesome. And it was just awesome. Like, it was, you know, the old grandpas sat in the shade of the barn and hand-cranked homemade ice cream. The women had the food, and there was a couple of dads that ran the grills, and then the other couple of dads played softball with us out in the, the front yard, you know. And so we did that, and then we ate, and and then we played, you know, all the adults just sat around and talked until after dark, and all of us kids played, we called it Bloody Murder, which was Hide and Seek in the Dark, <laughs> between, you know, really great name, but oh well. But yeah, we played Bloody Murder until, you know, 10, 11 o'clock at night, and all summer it was when is June birthdays when is June birthday it was the social highlight of the summer so we would always do I had a very large family and we would do once a month we would get together for everybody's birthdays and it was the same thing like there was I gosh I can't even tell you how many of us had July birthdays and we'd always set off fireworks and everything big potluck and same thing we'd stay until 10 30 at night or whatever and we just every single month we did that for all the birthdays or whatever but July was always my favorite because we set off the fireworks and stuff so but yeah I still remember that 
it was awesome. And it was one of those where even if it was raining outside, we still had it. And we would, like, I remember me and my cousins, my grandma, my great grandma would always, always had the best games for us to play. And so we'd grab all the games we wanted and we'd literally hide in the closet with our flashlights and play these games because we didn't want to leave yeah. because it was raining yeah. and our parents were going to make us leave early and we did not want to leave. We wanted right. to stay as long as possible. We wanted that night to last forever. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. So we, we'd hide with our flashlights and play our games in the closet yep. and then our parents would eventually drag us out and be like, time to go home. And we were like, no, never. Yeah. I remember play, when we were playing Bloody Murder, it was like, maybe if we hide so well, even the parents can't find us. <laughs> we will just be here forever. <laughs> That's funny. It was great. It was That's great. Funny. Well, and then you have to say, too, like, I look back on those, and you I know you love know my love of what I like to call beige food. The food oh, yes. at it. Be, the beige food. The scalloped oh, potatoes. The, the corn. You know, like... Someone would try to bring a salad, and I'd be like, who the hell brought the greens? (laughs) Who brought the greens? This is a beige food holiday. No colors allowed. (laughs) So we we still have, like, family dinners with my family. Oh, probably once every three months. And Tony's like, it's all just side dishes and casseroles. Oh, my gosh. Please invite me. And he's like, he's like, it's not a meal. It's just side dishes and casseroles. And I was like, what did you eat at your family yes. get-together? Like, and I was like, that's all. You can pick all your favorite casseroles and yes. side dishes and just yes. put them on your plate. Yes. And he, it drives him crazy. And I'm like, it's the best thing in the entire it world. Is. Like, if I know a family dinner is coming, I'm, like, yes. prepping myself for three days beforehand. I'm to like, all right. myself. I'm eating nothing but greens because when I get there, my... My whole entire plate's going to have at least 10,000 calories worth of carbs Yes, on it. yes. That's what we're going to have. Yeah. I, w- I want the mashed potatoes. I want the cheesy potatoes. I want the scalloped corn. I want the pasta salad. And if it has a bit of broccoli in it, I'll let that pass. I'll let that little bit of green pass, you broccoli know. Broccoli cheese casserole. Oh, yes, with the rice. My favorite. Yes. My favorite. I'm going to have to make that now yeah. this weekend. I never, ever make it. <laughs> And I'm always like, somebody please bring, bring broccoli cheese yes. rice casserole to the family get together. I never make it either. Oh, yeah. Man. And it's it's one of my absolute yeah. favorites. Homemade mac and cheese. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And then there's, oh, not the, what are they, water chestnut. There's a water chestnut casserole. I don't have, we didn't have that at where oh, I grew up. My I never aunt had would that. always make that. And I was always, it was like chicken and water chestnuts and maybe it was like spaghetti noodles, I think. I can't remember. Anyways, it was phenomenal. So you, you always, and that was the thing too. Everybody always brought like the same thing. Mm-hmm. So you always knew you're like, oh, yes. this aunt's bringing yes. this casserole yes. and this one's bringing this. And Absolutely. you knew whatever is what yes. I'm putting on my plate. Yes. I, so this is kind of a little bit of a different topic but isn't it funny when you get married and you go to or you're you're dating seriously and you go to you know tony or nick's first family dinner anybody you dated and you realize how different their like thanksgiving dinner is compared to yours oh yes you know because (laughs) like my family dinner there's going to be mashed potatoes and gravy there's going to be cheesy potatoes and there's also going to be sweet potatoes with some type of brown sugar marshmallow stuff melted on top okay are we talking about thanksgiving any of like any made like easter christmas whatever and so these are my expectations and then when i show up and those aren't all three aren't there i'm like well you've not had a very good childhood (laughs) (laughs) you've been abused so our family, it was always, like Thanksgiving is the big, huge potatoes, sweet potatoes, dressing, yeah, yeah. stuff, all that thing. But for Christmas, so on Christmas Eve night, we would always go to church and we yep. wouldn't get done until like eight o'clock at night, I think. Yep. And then we'd go to my grandma's and it was always soups and sandwiches. Us too. Us and too. So, like that's yes. my expectation level on Christmas, on Christmas Eve. Eve. I'm Chili like, soup. I want soup and yes. sandwiches. I don't want potatoes and ham yeah. or whatever. I want soups and chicken. Yes. <laughs> so yes. I want soup and chicken salad. That's what I want. We didn't have the sandwiches. We had chili soup and oyster soup. And none mm-hmm. of us kids ate the oyster soup except my cousin Kenny. And he ate the oyster soup, and at the kids' table, he would tell us how disgusting the oysters felt going down his. Every year, every year, he would try to disgust us with that. Every year, that's funny. And and I haven't talked to Kenny in you know twenty, thirty years or whatever, you know. And I'm like, that's what I remember about him. His oyster Grossing soup. me out with Grossing your oyster me soup. out with his oyster. We're like, why do you eat that? Gross. But you would eat. Would you eat it now? 
I, I would try it. Yeah, I would try I, it. Most good. definitely. It's good. My dad's a big fan of oyster soup. Yeah. And I've tried it. It's good. It's really good. I'm sure it probably We is. always did. So we would do chicken salad and then we were notorious on Christmas Eve for the meat and cheese tray. Oh. That's what you got to have. You got to have a yeah. meat and cheese tray. And then you always provide bread so people can make a sandwich if they want to. And then you have your soups. Yes. And then you have all your dips. Okay, yes. I was waiting for you to end. So on Christmas Eve at Grandma's house, my Aunt Karen used to always make this like chipped beef dip. And it was wonderful. And I've tried making it a couple times and I can't. But the best part about it was, is she would buy chicken and a biscuit crackers to go with it. And my mom would never buy those. And so literally <laughs> my childhood, Christmas Eve revolved around getting there and getting to eat chicken and biscuit crackers. It was like heavens had opened. It had sent the baby Jesus and chicken and a biscuit crackers. That's hilarious. We and <clears throat> we would always do, my grandma would do fudges and co- like, it yeah. wasn't a dessert, like a cake no. or a pie. It was always cookies yes. and candies. Mm-hmm. And she would do, gosh, what were they called? They were like white cookies. They're super rich. Not meringue. Are they like the wedding, the Mexican wedding cake? They had powdered sugar. Like they, like I'm little so, balls with a nut, like maybe some walnuts ground up in them. And then no. they had a powdered sugar coating. They were just, it was basically just like sugar and corn syrup. I can't. <laughs> I think of what they were called. It's I don't know. So I'm going to think of this after we're done. Okay. But anyways, she would always make those. And that was like the big deal. You were like, oh, you finally get those. She's going to make them. And of course, her sugar cookies and everything else. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because like as an adult, I try to make some of those same traditions for my kids. Yeah. And so I'll like, I'll host Christmas at our house or whatever with, you know, my in-laws and stuff. And we do soup and sandwiches and cookies and fudge and all this kind of stuff and I'm just like well that's what that's what I want to do for them you know yeah Nick's family does that too so that was a great family tradition to marry into they do soups on Christmas Eve as well after the Christmas program Thanksgiving I want all the casseroles and all the potatoes I want every option of potato you tell me how you can do a potato and I want that option to try it I want that option yes I actually think you and I have had this discussion before and I posted it on a TikTok so we oh. always did. You know where I'm going. <laughs> I know where you're going. This is like the most controversial <laughs> topic. I had like 300 people reply to my Instagram stories about this. So when we have Thanksgiving dinner, you have your turkey, mm-hmm. mashed potatoes, and noodles. And you put those noodles on top of your mashed potatoes. Yes or no? No. Well, I did <laughs> yes. not grow up with noodles. We 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 did not have the homemade noodles in so our area. You, did you ever eat Gravy. noodles? No. No, chicken and noodles as a soup or beef and noodles, but we never just had noodles as a side. But like chicken and noodles was the meal. Yes. It the was entire not, meal. It was, was not. mashed potatoes served with that meal. No. <laughs> it was God. a soup. Like, I think it's just this little area, Carolyn. <laughs> no, it's not actually. Because whenever I did that TikTok poll, like I counted it up and there's like 50% of the people who are like, oh my gosh, yes, you do not have noodles without mashed potatoes. And then the other half are like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so the, I read through your comments on that TikTok. And the one that I remember was this girl was like, yeah, I grew up with noodles on top. And we grew up with noodles on top of mashed potatoes in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, too. And I'm like, yeah, Amish country. We're like right next. <laughs> So we're like this little German area. It's a German thing, you know, but yeah, no, we did not grow up with noodles. We did not put them on our potatoes. We had gravy that went on the potatoes. We did occasionally just put like sweet corn on top of the potatoes. Oh, we do that too. Yeah. We, we do it all. We do it all. <laughs> you do it all. So I actually made beef and noodles for supper the other night and Henry was like, no mashed potatoes. And I was like, no, we're just having beef and noodles. And he's like what are you doing to me like he was like wait where are the mashed potatoes and on the flip side too like I was in a hurry so I made I can't remember I did pork chops the other night and did mashed potatoes and mixed vegetables with it and Henry was like no gravy and I was like no no gravy I didn't have time and he's like no noodles (laughs) immediately he was like if there's not gravy for the potatoes there better be noodles noodles for the potatoes i'm like throw your mixed veggies on top it'll be fine we never had noodle or gravy at our house growing up gravy was only had at big family dinners my mom never made gravy i don't know why gravy for every meal we never had it Mm -mm. 
I have, unfortunately for my family, adopted the attitude where I'm like, ah, gravy's really kind of a nothing food. There's literally nothing nutritional about it. And I was like, it takes a little work. So yeah. I'm just going to skip it if I can. Yeah. I and I, I do make it sometimes. I do. But if I'm in a hurry, I'm just like, throw your corn on your potatoes. You're fine. My family doesn't, I think because we only had it at big family dinners, it's this huge treat for me. So when I do make it, and then they're just a little bit like, no, I don't need that. I'm a little offended. I'm like, I made gravy. <laughs> you all need to pour this all over all of your food and tell me how this is wonderful. Now, see, in my family is the opposite. I don't make it very often. So when I do make it, they're like, oh, my gosh, she made gravy. No, right? Yes. That's how I think it should be. But no, my family's like, yeah. Yeah, no. And I I do, I will say, I do enjoy gravy on my potatoes every now and then. I'm just, which half the time I don't eat the potatoes. Sorry to say that, but for my family, and by the time I get done, because I've been taste testing as I went along, I'm I'm not even hungry. I get that. I'm like, I'm going to feed all of you, and then I'm going to eat like, oh, I'm going to eat a pork chop, and then I'm done. Right. (laughs) You know what I mean? Right. Because you snacked around and kind of taste tested everything as you went along. Yep. So, yep. And it took longer than what I thought. So it's way past supper time. So you're starving. So you're like, I'm going to eat a little bit of this. And every single time Henry's like, how long till supper? And I'm like, oh, like 20, 25 minutes. An hour Hour later, later. I finish. And I'm like, why did that take so long? Like in my mind, I was calculating how long everything would take. And it always takes me way longer. Yes. Way longer. Yes. No, totally so we okay. got way off topic of our whole right. farming thing, <laughs> food, I, which is fine. <laughs> I would just say yes. To circle back. Yeah, let's circle back. Let's circle back circle to back. the original <laughs> question. Yeah, I would say that the farm wife life is very different today than our childhoods or what I expected. And I shouldn't say I placed any expectations on it. I really, really didn't. I don't know. I Yeah, it's... I'm not, like, disappointed. No, no, by, not like, by any I'm means. I'm happy with... Like, honestly, the only thing that I wish... Maybe I I wish I could be out there helping a little bit more, but I just can't. And that's fine. And I'm completely satisfied in my role as taking care of the house and the kids while he does what he needs to do in the field. Like I'm fine with that. That doesn't bother me. So, and I just think that it's uh, the way the world is, you know, it's just changed so much. You, I don't think you need that working wife per se in that role. Like we used to think of, you know, technology has made it so much easier now. Right. Yeah. No, I totally agree with you. I love it. I love the lifestyle. I love living out in the country. And, and, you know, I'm glad that my kids have the space to run and the animals and, and all of that stuff. And, and, uh, you know, I, I, to me, that's the higher priority than me being out in the field. If they need me, I'm there. I can do it. Um, But also, too, there has to be someone running kids to volleyball and cross country and, and all of that stuff. And I guess we should preface this by saying that both of our husbands are grain farmers. Yeah. It's not like we have livestock. cattle or livestock or anything like that. And I think if we did, it would definitely change our role. Like, so we had goats for three, maybe four years. And I was very involved yeah. in that. And like when Tony was in the field doing his farming, I was out there all the time feeding them and giving them their meds and bottle feeding, doing all that kind of stuff. And so for livestock farmers wives it's, it's probably different yeah you know versus what we're doing you know because i mean technical tech ugh, i can't even talk technology has come a long way as far as livestock farming as well but still you have to be out there yeah you know it's a lot more labor intensive it's not like you can turn your gps on right right <laughs> yeah and just pack a lunch and be like cows here you go yeah go for it yeah, you know? yeah. it's a little more labor intensive so yeah. But yeah, good question, Nick. I like it. So what else does he have for okay, us? Do we we'll know? See. Oh, let's see. I'm nervous. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Me too. Okay, his second one. I'm not even going to read the third one because I, I don't want to sit here and choose. His second one is marriage being more than a feeling and how America is getting it wrong and taking the easy way out. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I need a couple more drinks Nick, before we're not this. getting political. <laughs> we are keeping this thing. Wow. I mean, he just really went for the topics I tonight. I did. I'm, I don't know. I think maybe I would have preferred talking about the stuff he didn't want us to talk about. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Okay. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Can you read that one more time? Yeah. 
Let me put my reading glasses <laughs> on here. Marriage being more than a feeling and how America is getting it wrong and taking the easy way out. Okay, so I will dive right in. Go ahead. I think that my personal opinion, as of my viewpoint is, people view marriage as, oh, I really like this person, so I'm going to get married. And if it doesn't work out, we can just get divorced and it's not a big deal. And while I would agree with the fact that, you know, if you have to leave somebody and get a divorce, there's nothing wrong with that. On the flip side, it shouldn't just be an easy out, I guess is the way to word it. And I feel like more people view it as, eh, well, if this doesn't work out, we'll just get divorced. It's no big deal. The the important sanctity of marriage, I guess, has kind of fallen by the wayside, in my opinion. You know, they... People don't value what you're saying in your vows and when you get married as much now. And I think, and in their defense, I would say that I don't think there's the importance placed on that now as there was 50 years ago. Agree. I would agree. Well, I think what's really prevalent today in in the message, the culture's message is do what makes you happy. Mm-hmm. And I got in a conversation with one of the other moms for Colby's club volleyball. And I don't even know how we got on this topic. We got on the topic of religion or whatever. And, you know, I don't even, I don't even know how we got to the marriage part. But she said, so, you know, if you had, if one of your kids was unhappy in their marriage, what would you say to them? And I would say, you need to do everything you absolutely can to make it work. You know, if he's not cheating on you or she's not cheating on you, if, if you're not being beaten, you know, et cetera, abused in some way, shape or form, then counseling, you know, everything, everything needs to be done. Because I do feel like we live in this culture of marriage is just very transactional mm-hmm. and I don't, I, I'm searching for the right word and I can't, it's just very shallow and for a lot of people and happiness changes. It's a very fleeting emotion, very fleeting emotion. And you should never make a decision really based on, well, I'm unhappy today or I'm, I've been unhappy the last month or whatever. And I actually, I saw this really good TikTok today, actually. And the, it was, it was a stitch and somebody asked the question, like, what's one piece of advice that you got that has changed your life? And the girl answered that she had a, a therapist tell her that most people that end up in counseling are 85% content or happy within their marriage, but there's this 15% that they're very unhappy with, and they feel like they could be happier if they, if they could just get that 15% taken care of. So they end up leaving their spouse for that 15%, but what they end up with is the 15% and not the 85%. And so you have to really think about that. And, you know, I, I just, I think that the breakdown of the family is, is the biggest problem in our culture today. When you look at the statistics and, and you know, fatherless homes and, and, and all of that. And I, yeah, I think it's, I don't know. I got to go back and read this question. I don't feel like I'm answering it. <laughs> so one of the... One of the, I'm trying to think if it was a TikTok or something, maybe I was just having a conversation with a friend and they were talking about if you're unhappy in your marriage and they asked their father, mother for advice or whatever. And they were like, if you are unhappy, you know, you guys need to seek counseling, whatever. But just remember, you're trading the issues you have with this spouse for another person's issues. You are never going to find anybody who you are a hundred percent compatible, perfect. You guys agree on everything. You are never going to find that. So you have to decide, okay, do I want to work on this and, and these issues, or do I want to trade it for a whole different set of issues that I don't even know about yet? Right. You know, and like that really kind of hit home for me because I'm, I've always been one of those, you know, the person that you marry, that's the person you marry. You are not going to change them. So the things that drive you crazy about them now, it, 10 years from now, it's still going to drive you crazy. Yeah. And can, new things. You, can you live with that? Yeah. Are you okay with that? Because 10 years from now, if suddenly the fact that they never pick up after themselves, <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Oh, sorry. No. Anyhow. Catching your throat? <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. 
you know, that that's who they are. You know, that's, that's the way they are. Yeah. And you either have, you have two options, you know, when you meet that person, is that something you can live with? Or if that's not, then get out then don't, yeah. because there are certain, I, I feel like everybody grows and changes as they get older and you grow in a marriage and stuff like that. But there are certain universal things about who you are as a person that are not going to change. And you either have to decide, I love you in spite of those or I can't love you. You know what I mean? Right. And so I think, and I think so many times people, and I'm generalizing, I know, but I feel like so many people walk into a marriage and think, well, that's probably going to change. I'm going to change that. Yeah. About them. Yeah. No, no, you're not. Hmm. No, you're not. And you have to decide from day one, can I live with that for the rest of my life? Am I okay with that? And on the flip side, that person's looking at you and saying the same exact thing. Well, I actually read, I, I always remember this. I read this book and it talked about the fact that women go into a relationship thinking I can change him and men go into a relationship thinking she's never going to change. Mm-hmm. This is, this is who she is, you know? Right. And then when she does change, they don't like it. Yeah. Cause right. they're like, you're not who I married, you know, et cetera. And so I thought that was a really interesting point of view. And if you really think about that, I mean, I can see that, Yeah, you know, like, I hate to say it. like women are always like progressive, like move, like we're, we're going to change this. We're, gonna we're looking do for this. a project. We're, yes, exactly. we are looking for we a have project. Goals in mind. We are changing <laughs> you today. And guys are just like, I just want everything to stay the same. Oh no, something's changed. Yes. I don't like that. Yes. You know, and it's yeah. very like very, whatever. I can't even think of the word I want to use, but yes, guys and girls, the difference between guys and girls yeah. and how they think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think one of the, the worst messages to come out of Hollywood was from the Jerry Maguire movie where she says the phrase, you complete me, or he says it to her. I don't know, because here's the thing is no guy is going to complete a girl and no girl is going to complete a guy. You're too sinful, broken people. You're never going to complete each other. And so I think that so many people today are, you know, looking for that, like, I'm this broken person. I have these issues. This person's going to come along and save me or, you know, complete me, fix me, you know, et cetera, help me. And it's, it's just not true. I think like the message we have given to all of our children and everybody is all these love stories where you're going to meet this person and oh my gosh, they are just going to check every box and they're your soulmate and they're going to do whatever. Whereas I take the approach that Tony's the person I'm meant to be with. I feel that in my heart. But at the same time, does he fulfill every single box in my life? No, but that's why you have other people in your life. So I'm a huge reader. Like I love reading more than anything. Tony absolutely hates it, but I don't need him to check that box. I have friends that can help check that box. You know what I'm saying? And I think so many people think that they need to meet this person that checks every single box in their life and you're not going to. And like the way the movies portray it, everything, you know, they're like, oh, you're going to meet that person and he's just going to be. Oh, Prince Charming. Every Disney movie. He's going to cook you breakfast. Yeah. Or Beauty and the Beast. He's going to be this horrible person and he's going to become this kind, wonderful person because of your wonderful feminine powers or whatever. And it's, it's, yeah. No, absolutely not. But that's why God, God gives you other people in your lives is to fulfill those things in you. You know what I'm saying? And like, I always, I just always struggle with that. I'm like, man, on the one hand, I really like beauty and the beast. But on the other hand, is that the message I want to send my daughter? Like, yeah. you know, Hey, you can meet somebody and fall in love and have the best marriage in the entire world. And he may hate half the things you love yeah. doing and that's okay. Yeah. That's yeah. okay. As long as, and I should preface this by saying, as long as he gives you the, like he's doesn't try to control you from doing that and vice versa. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, I saw an interview with Tim Tebow shortly after he got married and he had a really interesting point that I thought was great. Cause they were, the interviewer asked some question about them, like, you know, being each other's soulmates or whatever. And, and they were like, no, I really don't believe in that. You know, you know, we're two different people and we have some you know, interests together and we have outside interests together. We enjoy each other's personalities and senses of humor. And then Tim said, he goes, I really feel like when it comes to marriage, the important thing is that you share the same goals, the end point you want to be at. How do you see your children being raised? What does your faith look like on a daily and weekly basis? You know, those types of things, because you can have different personalities, but if you're still working together towards the same you know, life goals in that way, then, then, you know, that's what matters yeah absolutely like 
as long as you have the same moral values, yeah. like mm-hmm. that's the most important thing. So the, these are the things we value in life. We value God. We value our kids. We value family. We value, you know, X, Y, Z. And it doesn't matter that I don't want to go hang out in a field all day or yeah. you don't want to sit and read a book all day. You know, we can, we can make all that other stuff work, but these are our main things that are most important in our life. And we agree on that. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And I'm going to just be honest here. <laughs> I don't necessarily want Nick to have the same, some of the same enjoyments as me. Like, you know, <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. I, I love Tony and I love yeah, spending time yeah. with him. But this flip side, I'm like, I love my books and I yeah. love that I have that outside of you. Cause that's me. That's, yeah. That's, there's so many things that encompass you together as a couple. It's nice to have your own thing. Yeah, too. yeah, so and nice. just a break from it all. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm quite happy going off into a corner of the house by myself with a glass of wine and reading a book. I don't need every day of the week. No, <laughs> <laughs> beginning at noon every day. No, but yeah, I don't I don't need four people. You know, my I don't need three people. Nick and the kids following me and us doing ev- all of that together. Like. I'm, I, I'm the same way too. I don't need to have every single thing in common with every single person in my life. You yeah, know, yeah. Like it's, I'm glad that, you know, we have a couple things in common, but I'm also glad that I have these things that are just mine. Yeah. They're just, this is who I am as a person and I can yeah. go enjoy that and you can go enjoy your thing. And, you know, but I also think that's part of the, when you have that, I'm not confidence, but when you have that comfort in your marriage, I guess maybe it is confidence comfort. in your marriage. Yeah, confidence and comfort. <clears throat> you know that he's going to go do his thing yeah. and you're going to go do your thing. And it has nothing to do with you're not liking each other. Or anything. Yeah. It's just you got to go do your own thing, uh, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. The only time that gets wrong is when you're doing things apart more than you're doing things together. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So. Yeah. And I think, and I will say, like, I've been married for 15, almost 16 years now. There's definitely an ebb and flow to every single marriage. There are times when you are going to be married to your spouse and you guys are just roommates. You are just passing by each other in the hallway because you have a newborn baby and you're up until three o'clock in the morning with that baby and he's got a new job and he's working whatever, you know, but at the end of the day, it's, to make sure you find your way back to each other. Right. And even if it's not a grand gesture, maybe it's just you send each other texts every day and you have conversation through text, whatever. You still find your way back, but there's definitely major ebbs and flows yes. as you go. Oh, absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And I think in today's world, when you reach those hard points, too many people are just like, nope, I'm out. Right. I, I give up. Right. And that's where you need to remember, hey, we're not going to, be amazing and love each other every single second of our lives. Sometimes we're just going to be together and that's fine, you know, but they want to, a lot of times people just want to be like, nah, this is hard. He's not paying enough attention to me. I'm lonely, whatever, and walk away. Well, I think that's one of the problems with social media, though, too, Mm -hmm. is because before social media, you know, you had your circle of friends and, you know, if none of them were having the same issues in their marriage, they were just like, you're going to be fine, blah, 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 blah. You're just going through a phase, et cetera. Now you get on TikTok and you're like nine million women are telling you that your husband is a narcissist and that you have ADHD and you know like and so all of a sudden you have this virtual community of people that are you know like no you're one of us you're one of us you know and 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 Nick and I have had that conversation a lot you know just about how crazy and that's whatever it is you instead of trying to find solace in your spouse yeah. And with God, you're looking to social media yes. and yes. you're like, oh, well, they say, they say I have ADHD. Maybe I do have well, ADHD. And then you read more and you're like, oh my gosh, I think my, my spouse did this the other day. He's a narcissist. Yes. yes he's absolutely. Yeah. Nar- and you fall into that trap versus looking at the actual facts there in right. front of you and what your right. marriage actually is. Absolutely. It's called confirmation bias. We yes. talk about it all the time yep. in marketing. You know, if you kind of are, you have a belief in one way, you seek out things that confirm your belief mm-hmm. instead of trying to correct it. And I think that's one of the biggest issues with social media is you have this community of individuals who you've never met, who don't know you, but they're telling you, they're lecturing you on your marriage or how you're raising your kids or, you know, whatever. 
Yeah, and I think that, like, the idea of social media in the beginning to communicate with yeah. people far away, it was a great idea. But it's it's escalated past that, where you're looking for the human comfort, I guess, in social media versus the people that are actually right. really in your lives. Right. And so instead of listening to the people you spend your days with or whatever, you're listening to TikTok or Facebook yeah. or Instagram and the stories they're feeding you because, of course, they're going to keep feeding you these things that tell you all these things. And you're like, oh, my gosh, maybe my husband is a narcissist. Maybe he does hate me. Maybe I'm unhappy in my marriage. Maybe I should leave. And next thing you know, you've walked out the door yep. before you even had a real conversation with your spouse or anybody yeah. else. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. And I, and th- I will I want to say, like, I mean, there are some situations where absolutely yes, you need to get absolutely. out. Absolutely, you need to get out. You need to leave. You you need to do whatever. But I think that the value on marriage has changed drastically, and yes. I think social media has definitely impacted that. Disposable. That was the word I was looking yes. for. Instead of yes. transactional, it's disposable. Yes. It's just you know moving on, moving on, moving on. Yeah, they need to get off social media. They need to go to church with their spouse. They need to go to a potluck dinner and eat some cheesy potatoes and noodles. All beige <laughs> foods. Every single item should be in a casserole at I, some point. That, we need to do a TikTok. We'd be like, you would be happier if you gave up the kale. <laughs> yes. And yes. some beige yes. food. Quit dieting, quit exercising, yes. go have quit a... Quit juicing and detoxing. Go have a casserole with yes. your family. Yes. You'll be great. Yes. I assure you. You'll, you will live your best life. Why are we not in charge of the world? <laughs> we really should be in charge. I agree. I agree. No. All starts with a good potluck. Yes. It really, really does. <laughs> On the serious side, though, it does all start with a potluck because then you're sitting and communing yes. with the actual yes. people. Yes. Yes. Instead of all this. I was actually reading the other day they were talking about how the whole COVID thing, it's really changed how kids interact with each other. Yeah. Because they don't know how to interact face-to-face versus texting and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, that's bull. That's stupid. And then I started like viewing it, like purposely paying attention to it. And I'm like, oh my goodness, kids, they really have a hard time communicating now like without the social media and i was like we just need to all have a good potluck dinner and we sit do. down have a have a party everybody comes over you just sit and talk to the people who are in your life yeah and it would do wonders we're gonna do that on monday <laughs> we are we are i'm so excited a, okay, our fourth of july if if you are getting <laughs> i was just gonna say everybody come to our house for the fourth of july potluck <laughs> nick will start cleaning the attic yeah. immediately <laughs> immediately the yes. attic in the basement. It's yes. going to be spotless. Yes, yes. He'll be uh, out power washing the driveway. <laughs> and the barns. Yes, yes. Arranging all of the animals' food just yes. so. Yes, yes. Because everybody's necessary. going to the barn yes. for reward. Yes, Every, everything yeah. that would be on my list. that Those would all not be on my list of things that need done, but oh well. Mine is clean the toilet and yes. have food. Yes. That's it. Yes. Yes. That's all so. you really need. If you're having a get together, that's 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 our piece of advice. If you're having a get together, just have a clean toilet and yes. plenty of food and drinks. That's all people yeah, care about. Yeah, that's my theory about it. Like why scrub the house down? Because when you're having 30 people over, especially where there's water and games outside mm-hmm. involved, you're going to have to scrub the house afterwards. So I'm going to make sure there's food, drinks, and there's going to be a clean bathroom and then I will do the floor scrubbing, etc. on Tuesday. Yep. Exactly. So, oh, well, should we close her down, Carolyn? I think we should. I think yes, we should so. too. So, thank you guys for joining us. We appreciate you listening, and hopefully, you check us out on the next time. Talk to you later. Bye.